Welcome to the Lifestyle PT Wellness Spotlight. Our goal is to connect you with local businesses and to assist you in living your best life. Now introducing your host, Dr. Karen Schuler. Hi, welcome to the show. My guest today is Bethany Sprague. Bethany is a family nurse practitioner with Integra Rehab in Indian Land, South Carolina. Bethany, I wanna welcome you to the show today. Can you tell the audience a little bit about yourself and maybe how you became interested in doing integrative and functional medicine? Hi, Karen. Thank you so much for having me today. I appreciate you inviting me and I just appreciate collaborating with practitioners like you because when we have this like-minded approach to be able to serve people in a different way outside of the box of, of traditional thinking, it does make a difference and I appreciate you being on the journey with a lot of the patients that I see. Well, I know we, we love the collaboration with uh, Integra and we appreciate, you know, being able to work on patients together with you as well. Our topic today is going to be autonomic nervous system regulation. Uh, so maybe you can tell us a little bit about that and how the autonomic nervous system affects the body. Yeah, I'd be happy to. And then I didn't fully answer your previous question, which was what got me into what I do. And oftentimes, and I'll start there because the journey is always sometimes the most fascinating part, right? Because we're always learning something in the journey. And my my journey of my of how I got to where I am today always it has started literally with my own body and my own physiology and better understanding that. About 20 years ago, I had an autoimmune uh, disease uh, personally and went the traditional way. I did not, I didn't know that there was a possible way to heal my body in a different way than, than what I did, which was irradiate my thyroid for an overactive thyroid function. And so that being said, I have an autoimmune disease. And when I was looking to start my family, I had some thinking and some possibility that there was a way to affect the immune system, especially in the last third of the pregnancy. That's when a lot of the antibodies are shifted from mom to child. And so at that time I decided, and my household decided to just go gluten-free. That was a huge, huge step and for us and uh, our first step really towards using food as medicine. And what we found in my household is that skin conditions improved, body aches, joint pains, and a lot of dysfunction improved. And then fast forward, I had a healthy pregnancy, healthy delivery, and my perfect healthy first child, my little girl developed an autoimmune disease when she was two and a half. And that was like terrifying, right? This is an autoimmune disease that affected her ability to clot blood uh, called ITP. And what happened is we tried everything conventionally to affect the immune system. And her physician said, well, this looks like it's going to be turning to a chronic case, which at that point we start introducing rituximab or what's also known as a chemotherapeutic agent. And considering giving my two and a half year old perfect little angel chemotherapy was literally the most terrifying thing that a parent can consider. <clears throat> um, and so I said, you know what, I'm going to do everything I can possible. And at that time I had been doing some learning about the autoimmune paleo diet. And I said, you know what, let's just see what happens. What, if I can do everything possible, let's just see what's possible. Within five days, 
her autoimmune disease was completely resolved. Her platelet count returned to normal. And that was five days, five days after doing a diet change. And that was mind boggling to me and game changing when I was looking at how do I approach the body and the physiology. And what happened is I got the perfect example about how food can impact our physiology, specifically our immune system. And so now what I do is I've had tons of learning about how food affects our physiology, and that's a lot of our functional medicine training. And then um, because of my own physiology, I was, I've always tended to be more inflamed from previous traumas in my life, physical, emotional, those kinds of things that happen early in our childhood. And then I was uh, come from a divorced family, and my nervous system was primed to be more pro-inflammatory. And so I can honestly tell you that at 42 years of age, today. I don't feel pain, which I cannot tell you that's always been the case in my life. Um, there are days that go by that I do not feel pain. And I've been told that I have more of a fibromyalgia-like picture or chronic inflammation. And um, so a lot of what I do now is really how do we optimize the body? How do we optimize the physiology to be in a state of healing, to be in a state of optimal neurologic uh, input. So this disruption in the autonomic nervous system or in nervous system dysfunction um, impacts so many different aspects of our physiology. And I have found that that's a really great place uh, to start with people because it resonates. People understand that our nerves can control everything. And so even our ability to heal and we know food impacts our nervous system. We know that toxins impact our nervous system. We know that meditation, yoga, all these, there's a lot of things that can impact our nervous system. And, you know, even getting into the topic of stress, all of these things impact us. And, and how do, how do we, how can we learn how to regulate that? And that's a lot of what I do for, with people is kind of to be on that journey and to do the investigating and to do the work of getting to the root cause of things. That's great. I mean, there's nothing like a personal story to, uh, you know, make you passionate about something. And I can tell that you are really passionate about this. So maybe help the audience to understand a little bit more. So everything you were talking about talks about the nervous system and how to regulate that. And so how does that then incorporate into the different aspects of our nervous system? Right. So um, I've been a nurse practitioner for about almost 10 years. And in that time period, I used to think of of our body early in my training and in school, we're trained in uh, a different systems approach, which means we go into a deep dive of the digestive system. We go into a deep dive of the nervous system. We go into a deep dive of the musculoskeletal system. And that's how our, our education is commonly done in the United States. So that is a nurse practitioner education. Physicians are educated the same way. And in that, we're the only things that we're taught about diet is a heart healthy diet or a Mediterranean diet. And that's, it's very limited in more the conventional approach. So there's so many different aspects about things that influence our body and influence our physiology. And what I often like to do is start with 
looking at the person when they come in. And oftentimes I see, I see some challenging patients, some very, very complex uh, conditions. And I had a patient that said, I'm not just a zebra, I'm a unicorn. And so we often will, will see these very complex, very ill individuals with so much dysfunction. And when you look at them, you can check off their review of systems, which is, you know, head to toe of, of dysfunctional things. And you can check through and you'll be like, oh my gosh, every single system is disrupted. <sighs> you know, where do you even begin to start if you're looking at a systems-based approach? So that's, that, that's outdated. That doesn't work, you know, when your heart's not working right and your digestive system's not working right and your brain's not working right and your hormones are not working right and your energy uh, physiology is not working right. You could break that apart into all the different specialists out there. And then what would happen is those people would come back and they're not better. And you're like, well, you know, I sent them to the best and the brightest people and, and yet that didn't work, you know, and what is going on is that if you don't address the system, the entire system, the entire nervous system, you miss the mark on what's going on with people. So what I'm hearing you say is that you really need to start with the nervous system. And, and two, I, I, I do that. That's a lot of what I focus on is what is influencing the nervous system and why can't the body heal? What's impacting the ability to heal? And that's usually takes time investigating, being on the journey. And that's, that's a lot of what I do is really putting out my investigating hat. Um, I'm a passionate learner. Uh, I love absorbing new information. I love, I love teaching that information. Uh, and so that's where a lot of my time has been spent lately is really digesting a lot about what, why is our nervous system impacted and what can we do to regulate it, which is the most important part of it is regulation. And we're in a state where self-regulation is a whole interesting ball of wax. When you are looking around and you see people affected by what's going on, and we are seeing an astronomical amount of people with major dysfunction and a lot of stress right now. And it really is a dysregulated nervous system when it comes down to it. Let's talk a little bit more about the stress. You know, how does stress affect our nervous system? What happens when we become stressed? There's a very complex symphony that happens with stress and stress can look like so many different things. So it can look like you get in a fight with your significant other. Yeah, we understand that can be stressful. Um, but stress can also look like toxin exposure on a pregnant mother, and that impacts the fetus. Or it could look like uh, the impacts of water damage to a building and stress on the physiology that way. I saw some patients actually yesterday in my clinic from Eastern North Carolina, and two years in a row, they had major flooding in Eastern North Carolina. Their, their healthcare systems are overwhelmed with psychiatric conditions and people's bodies completely falling apart. And you can't ignore, okay, well, what's been going on? Could it be the water? Possibly. The water could have been contaminated. So I have some people doing some interesting, you know, impact studies there and looking at 
well, what's going on with my water? We can't trust the government on on the water quality. We can't. We know that that's not something we can do. Um, we've seen that over and over. So let's give people an opportunity of of what's priority in their life and and so water quality. And we're we're looking at mold. Could there be mold issues that are really significantly impacting somebody? And if their health deteriorates. Um, over a two or three year period uh, surrounding uh, this correlation of, of, of flooding and all of this, then you, can, you, have to, you have to look at that first. And so I don't pretend to be an expert in everything. I am, I am wholeheartedly in the camp of, of leaning on uh, folks in my community that are specialized in mold. I don't treat mold. And so I, I, I but I, you have to recognize when there's certain things that can impact the physiology. So, you know, uh, the, the, the water, the toxins, there's so many uh, different things that can stress the body, you know, when it comes to stress, but oh boy, we've had a, a significant amount of stress to humanity with this pandemic in 2020. And we're going to see this, this, this impact on our physiology carried through generations. You can't ignore the impact. So significant stress changes our DNA. This, this terminology called, called epigenetics is how does life impact our DNA and our expression of DNA? And, and that's why I find it so interesting and why I'm so passionate because I told you I'm a mom, my kids are six and eight. And when they come in covered in mud because they're playing in the creek, I get so excited and I almost don't get mad when they trample mud through my house because I'm like, oh, this is this is better. We're having more time in nature. We're getting this microbial interaction. And then that's try how I try to reframe when they come in with their muddy shoes. So but but really when we're looking at the bigger picture is how can we impact our physiology, our genetics, our epigenetics to be optimized. And that's a lot of what I like to focus on is what can we do? Um, there's a lot of things we don't have control over in this world, but what can we do? And it feels like that is in a state of being proactive rather than reactive in my brain. And we need to have some reframing uh, going on in the world because there is a lot, there's a lot of stress. There is a lot of big stuff going on. So if the listener finds themselves during this time where, you know, we have a lot of uncertainty going on and they find that their health is not as good, you know, maybe they are getting out and they're walking and doing things, but the stress of either a job loss or, or like you mentioned, even environmental stresses, you know, you may not be stressed out about your job, but maybe you've got some environmental stressors that now you're home more and you're being exposed to that more. Mm -hmm. They're not crazy to think that there's something going on with their health either now or either a year from now after experiencing um, the stress from our current event. Yep. I teach most of the time at the first visit, sometimes the second visit, depending on how you know much time I have, about understanding our autonomic nervous system. And when I break it down into basically three categories of, of where our nervous system lays, I had a person say to me when they're in chronic fight or flight, they said, I stay here. I stay in this red orange zone all the time. I can't seem to get out of it. And, and, and then there's this whole list that I say of dysfunction. So we know when you're in, 
when you're in a fight or flight state, you are not digesting your food. You're not absorbing your nutrients. You're not able to connect socially really in a, from a grounded state of having authentic communication with the people that we love because you cannot actually hear when you're certain pitches and certain tones when you're in a chronic fight or flight state. So you have to work on, you know, that, you know, there's a lot of stuff that we can work on with regulating the body's physiology. But when, um, but when we're there in that chronic fight or flight, had had a patient say to me, Bethany, she said, this is just so relieving. She said, because, um, this takes the pressure off of me that my mood, my, my digestion, my, my, my ability to connect in relationships and all of this, this, this fits me. And, but yet at the same time, I, I feel relieved because I'm not creating this. This isn't something that I'm choosing to be in and nobody wants and chooses to be in a state of chronic fight or flight. Um, in the, you know, there's certain times that that's helpful, like for athletes and power work and those kinds of things. Like there is a, there's a reason why we have these different levels in our autonomic nervous system, but to chronically stay there, we can't heal. We can't have great grounded relationships and appropriate communication. So that is just one example of, of how disrupted nervous system impacts everything. It really impacts the entire big picture of things. So from what I'm hearing you say, I mean, you can have the best diet in the world, um, which we know diet and exercise does help you to manage stress. But if you're not really working hard on managing that stress and learning how to, you know, get yourself out of fight or flight, then the nutritional part is not going to be as effective. Is that correct? Exactly. You can't, your body is not going to be focused on absorbing your nutrients it's not going to be focused on appropriate motility. So you're not going to have normal, normal gut patterning when you're in a chronic state of fight or flight. Exactly. And so that's, that's huge. That's a huge part of it. So let's talk about ways that people can get out of fight or flight. You know, some people, people might be like, well, I can't sit around and look at the ocean all day, you know? So, which I guess if you felt like you needed that, then your body's not very balanced, but what are some ways or maybe some treatments that you do at Integra that help people to get out of fight or flight? So because we're, we, we look at this whole gamut, we've got to have some tools for our toolbox. And, and over the years I've collected many different tools. So we can use tools like meditation. We can use tools like um, heart rate variability and heart math. We can use tools like um, breathing for our, our heart space. We can look at tools like acupuncture, yoga, tai chi, those kinds of movement strategies that are working on focusing on grounding. Um, <clears throat> there's also um, things like diet that impacts our physiology. And I told you that story about my daughter, that's, you know, uh, a, a pro-inflammatory diet impacted her immune system. So, you know, that has to be a key part of it is really looking at how are we feeding, how are we feeding our physiology? How are we using, you know, can we use foods at, food as medicine, which I think is fascinating. So, so our, our diet is important, but also it's, um, you know, you know, the stress management aspects, which we kind of breezed on already. 
But then we also use a couple of different tools, one which we call the sweet nasal. And this is a procedure where we involve uh, putting a sugar solution into the nose. And our nose is fascinating. There's so many different aspects of our nose and how, uh, that impact our nervous system. So our nose is a direct route to our trigeminal nerve and also um, the spinopalatine ganglion, which is a bundle of parasympathetic nerves between our nose and our throat. So if we put a small amount of a, of a dilute sugar-based solution into the nose, what happens is that sugar gets brought right into the nerves and it acts as a calming thing. So think about it. You don't have to be a genius to figure out what do you feel after you eat a bowl of ice cream or you um, eat a whole bunch of candy or something like that. I mean, you may feel a little jacked up because of the sugar, but most of the time people feel if you're not consuming too much, most people feel really calm and really happy. And, and that's because sugar does have that calming effect and this opiate effect in our brain. But if we put it in our mouths, then we have this whole insulin thing that has to happen and glucagon and liver impact and all of this that happens when we put it through our stomachs. But if we put it directly into the nervous system um, through our nose, which is an amazing vehicle, we can impact the physiology in a way of what I often see is putting people into what's a ventral vagal state, which is a calm, focused, creative, happy state, which we also known as rest and digest or feed and breathe. This is when we can digest our food. We want to, our, we have sexual interests and that's something that we want to do and it's normal for our physiology. And so when we're in a state of grounded homeostasis or a ventral vagal um, state as our baseline, then we have this, we can certainly, you know, go up into fight or flight when, when we need in our physiology of everything that we're doing is this, this careful balance, but we want to stay in this grounded physiology. So the sweet nasal procedure is one tool. We also, we also use alpha stim, which I know uh, you have had experience with. We have a lot of our patients have experience with alpha stim. We are using different micro stimulation techniques, um, especially for people with pain conditions, all of these things regulating the nervous system. We also offer a treatment called uh, perineural injection treatments, which is injecting a small amount of sugar solution into the nerves. And when you do that, that calms the nerves down. And when you calm the nerves down, you produce less amounts of substance P, which I think is the key, the key driver in all of this, which uh, in our nose, the trigeminal nerve produces a lot of substance P. And we can, when we decrease substance P levels in our body, we decrease inflammation. And substance P is a fascinating conversation when you get into some of the what's what's interesting about it. And substance P has been um, shown to be elevated in conditions, many different kind of chronic conditions, but specifically in neurodegenerative disorders, uh, fibromyalgia, uh, even they've shown that it is implicated in neonates that, that pass away from sudden infant death syndrome. And there's a, this fascinating thing that it's, it's, it's about inflammation. And we know that it's about inflammation, but substance P is one very key driver in inflammation. And so if we can have less amounts of substance P in our body, we have less inflammation. And then things just tend to work 
chatter. So those are some of the tools. We also use things like sound therapy, music. I mean, there's a lot of things that we can use to help with regulating the body. And that's kind of it. It's just about finding what's going to be right for people and what do they, what do, what do they need. So you got many tools in your toolbox, it sounds like, you know, so that you can tailor the treatment to the patient. Uh, there's one thing I want to point out to the audience. You mentioned the perineural injection. Uh, Bethany was the first nurse practitioner in the world to have uh, this training and this ability to do that. So uh, I want to kind of point that out and give you a little pat on the back for that. Um, that's, that's it's been a, you know, it's been a game changer for me and my physiology. I, I had kind of alluded that I had a lifetime of chronic pain and I did not experience pain today. I've had flares. I mean, I, I've, I've seen that. I know, I know what a flare looks like. And, but yeah, I, I've also been able to figure out my body responds beautifully to perineural injection treatments and not everybody's body does because you you have to have clean opiate receptors in the brain. And if you are on exogenous uh, opiates, meaning that you're taking some sort of opiate medication externally from the body and you're not allowing your body to produce its own, then PRT doesn't work well. It's a very fascinating thing. So it works better if you do not have an opiate in your system um, because the opiate receptors in the brain are clean, you can upregulate your own internal production of opiates. And I think that's a very interesting conversation too. So the people who respond better to the sugar injection therapy are people who do not have opiates on board. So, and one, one thing that I have found that is really exciting is I do integrative pain and I yet do not prescribe any narcotic pain medication. So I'm really excited about that because I found that I have other tools and they, my tools do work. And so I'm so thankful for that um, because it's such, when you can't really help somebody, it's such a helpless feeling. I hate that feeling yet at the same time, that helpless feeling has driven me to want to learn more. So at the same time, some, when you're in the, that state of vulnerability and you can't fix a situation, sometimes it's those situations that make us better and stronger um, in the long run. And so I just wanted to point that out that, you know, uh, life is that it's a journey. We have peaks and we have valleys and we learn from it all. That's great. You know, that goes along with the motto that we have at Lifestyle Physical Therapy, which is to never give up. You know, mm -hmm. like if this doesn't work, then, you know, what will? Mm -hmm. And when you've got a willing participant, that makes it a lot easier to uh, go on that journey together and, you know, be that detective and figure out what's going to work. Yes. You brought up so many different things and, and great ways that we can, you know, help our nervous system. I know one thing that came to mind when you were talking, talking about the sweet nasal, the, the sugar that you're, you know, injecting onto the nerves to calm them down. Mm -hmm. Some people might be asking themselves, well, I'm diabetic. Mm -hmm. So, you know, am I a candidate for the sweet nasal procedure? Yes. So I've had very brittle diabetics, type 1 diabetics that use continuous blood glucose monitoring, and we see no, no effect on their blood glucose. Um, so that's important, number one. And we've seen that, and my colleagues see that. So I don't see that this very small, very dilute sugar solution impacts blood sugar or insulin. There, there's a chance that there could be some micro amounts affected, but we're talking about you know, less than a gram of sugar or something like that. And typically that's not going to throw anybody's blood sugar 
too wacky. So um, I haven't had that problem. In fact, diabetics still respond quite well to PIT. Uh, so even with the blood sugar issues, we, they still have great impact. So that's important to understand. That's great. And I know we have sent many of our clients to you. And uh, again, we've kind of been on that journey together. And many of our clients have benefited greatly from the perineural injections and from the sweet nasal treatments and from the nutritional counseling. Uh, I love the fact that you guys are body, mind, spirit. You, you know, you cover all bases, which is what is needed for true healing, you know, in the body. I do appreciate your time today and our discussion. I think we've touched on some very key things that hopefully people have found to be beneficial. If someone wants to make an appointment with you, do they have to have a referral or are they able to refer themselves? Um, that's a great question. And most of the time, I feel like a referral from one of your practitioners on your team is going to be op optimal. Number one, that eases the transformation of your records um, uh, to our to our practice. And it also allows us to stay in communication with the other team members that you have. So whether that be a physical therapist, whether that be a specialist, a primary care provider, you know, there's a lot of people that can put referrals through, but I can honestly tell you that my team at Integra Rehab Physicians worked ex extremely hard on a very difficult task to be able to get me credentials with most insurance companies. And so what we find is that we're able to have the conversation to do the intake under most insurance models. We do, of course, have a cash-based rate if people uh, don't have insurance or they're, they have high deductible plans, et cetera. But we, we've worked really hard to be able to be credentialed with most insurance providers, um, which is a rare find in, in modern day integrative medicine. And I, you know, we'll, we'll see if we're able to continue to maintain this level of, of high touch, high, you know, care um, with being under this, this insurance model. So oftentimes what we find is that a lot of my visits are covered, whether that be virtual or in person under the insurance. And then, you know, there are some specialty procedures uh, like the the sweet nasal that we talked about or the perineural injection treatments and they're completely outside of the insurance model in cash base only so that's important to tell people up front just because we want to make sure we're setting expectations and communicating up front you know we can do self-referrals uh, but we prefer to have a team approach on on your case Great. And I can attest that you guys are unique in the fact that you take insurance. I do think that that's what's great and a huge savings, you know, to people because integrative medicine as a whole is usually a fully cash-based business. And I can attest even in our clinic how difficult it is to navigate uh, being that customized treater and use insurance. I always say we're kind of like a square peg trying to fit in a round hole. So I appreciate that you guys are, you know, trying to make that work. And, and I can say to the listener that that will be a, a huge savings for you, even though there may be some out-of-pocket expenses. Mm -hmm. So I guess go ahead and tell us, you know, give us your website, phone number uh, if people want to learn more. Yeah, so we're located uh, just over the North and South Carolina border, just outside of the Charlotte Lines and in Indian Land, South Carolina. That's an interesting part of living in the south part of the state is that we're just, our, our city is basically on the border of North and South Carolina. So um, I'm where our practice is currently located in South Carolina. And uh, we do see patients uh, from all over. I have patients that travel from out of state even. The best way probably to get in touch with us is you can visit our website at Integra Rehab 
www.thepathphysicians.com. Or, you know, you can just Google us, find our office information and, and kind of go from there. Great. Well, thank you, Bethany, for joining us today. This has been a great conversation and I'm in full agreement with you um, with the, we treat the complex patient as well. And getting people out of fight or flight is such a key part of that treatment and for success on, on that road to healing. And we just appreciate that we have you guys to partner with on this journey. So if anybody wants more information, this information will also be on our website at www.lifestyle-physical-therapy.com. And until next time, we hope everybody stays well and stays healthy. Thank you. Thank you for joining us today, and we hope you enjoyed this podcast. Make sure to like us on Facebook at Lifestyle Physical Therapy LLC and on Instagram and Twitter at Lifestyle PT2. Until next time, stay connected and be well.